This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Bessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Pessler. This week, my guest is Terry Christine. As an intuitive life coach and author of The Secret Power of You, A Guide to Mastering Your Inner Greatness, Terry Christine has mastered the ability to access her own intuition. This allows her to fully envision the struggle, hurt, fears, and anxiety you are currently going through. Terry helps you change your life by helping you access your own intuition. She has the ability to help you release the pain from the past, realize more clarity in your future, obtain a feeling that life is easy, or even improve the income you want. Rather than focusing on traditional elements of life, such as goal setting, habits, and skills, Terry integrates spiritual principles as well. By assessing your energy and emphasizing emotional and spiritual healing, Terry helps you release the blockages that keep you from moving forward. Welcome, Terry. Hi, Kate. It's so wonderful to be here. I'm very grateful. Let's start at the beginning. You were raised in Baltimore, Maryland, and something happened when you were a child that started you on this journey. Tell me about that experience. Wow. So <laughs> I was born into, um, well, born to two teenage parents, and my mom was 18 years old and had three kids, and we were not triplets. Mm. And as I was growing up, and there was a lot of lack, if you can imagine, having teenagers as a parent. And um, so we ended up living in places that were pretty much um, very challenged within themselves in their economic development within those communities. And so here I am, eight years old, and I found myself uh, walking across the street with my sister, and I was struck by a car. And the car, it was in a place that I, they couldn't see me and I could not see them. And so it threw me 25 feet I landed on my face. I broke my jaw in three places, lacerated my liver, bruised my spleen, dislocated my left arm, and ended up in a coma for 10 days. Yikes. Yep. And so as I came out of that coma, I found myself when I was beginning to heal my body, living in a sea of manifesting things that I felt that I wanted. I I, it started with, you know, thinking the feeling. So you think of the feeling and then you feel the feeling, right? So you think of what it is you want, thinking of what it is, the feeling of, and then you feel the feeling. And then I just manifested. It was so profound that my brother and sister didn't get the majority of what I was receiving. And my parents had to start telling people to stop giving me things. Wow. (laughs) So did you realize at the time that, this was something new, like that you had been, I guess, either given a gift or been given access to something within yourself, something others hadn't figured out how to tap into? 
So as a child, you know, we live in the space of fearlessness that, you know, if we want it, we just kind of find ways to get it, right? But when I was um, living in that space and after the accident, I found myself even more fearless that if I really truly wanted it, I only heard the word yes versus no. Even though they said no, I knew I, it wasn't really pushing it was allowing myself to know and feeling that, yes, that is mine. And then I would find ways to manifest either opportunities to receive it uh, from various different ways. And it was just lots of different things as a child that you can get from gifts to opportunities, camp, things like that. And I, at the time, I didn't realize that I was manifesting. I just sort of stepped up into supersizing the things that I wanted. And I, what sometimes people say, taking the bull by the horns, I did it, but I did it within my mind. And I didn't realize I was manifesting until it was in my older years, closer to 30, when I reflected back upon how my life was and realizing, wow, man, I'm a super manifester. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever any, you know, as a kid, of course, you don't have quite the maturity, I guess, to understand like the the ways to use something like that? Was there ever anything that you kind of manifested that you, in retrospect, wish maybe you hadn't? You know, no. Um, because when you're a kid, you're living in truth. You're living in happiness because we are taught those other things by our parents or our caregivers or the environment around us, meaning that we're taught to lie. And here's, here's a good example. My mom would say, oh, gosh, don't tell your sister that. She may not like that. So she's teaching me to lie or all of a sudden not telling my sister that maybe I, I wanted something more or I received something that she didn't, which I was just living in the space that I was so happy I got it, not thinking that I wasn't, I, I wasn't thinking that, oh, I got it and she didn't. I was simply going, yay, 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 hoo-hoo, I got it, right? I, it was almost like a game, a puzzle, a piece of the puzzle, right? Moving the pieces of the chessboard around. But when, when I reflect back, it was really all magnifying and manifesting all the fun things the kids want. You know, I, my parents, um, you know, as I said, they're teenagers, so we didn't go on vacation. We didn't have a camp or summer fun. We, we were latchkey kids. We, um, my mom continued to work through the summer, and we just hung out at the house and did water balloons and, you know, things that we did when we were younger, when kids spend more time outside versus nowadays. So I have to say that it was really manifesting opportunities. Like I manifested out of 2000 kids in Baltimore city, I wrote uh, a report and in the end it was, it was like, um, it was an essay and, um, I won <laughs> and he out of 2000 kids in that city. And I ended up going to summer camp, which my parents couldn't afford. So there were lots of different things that I wanted that I just stepped into and I was able to create the end result that was a positive thing for me. So it wasn't really negative. I never reflected back upon that. So it sounds like at, at, beginning, at least, you were what I guess I've heard called the unconscious competent. Did you learn how to master this as you became more aware that you had this ability? So as I stepped into my spiritual journey, there was a, a 
a spiritual epiphany we can step into in a little bit, but I realized that, you know, as a, as a kid, that we just do it naturally because we're living in the space of what we truly want, which is fun and adventure and love. And as we get older, then we disconnect to those feelings and then it seems more of a struggle or we're living in lack or whatever it is that we have limiting beliefs around in our subconscious. And so when I moved into the spiritual journey, I was able to harness more of what I was doing, understanding it on a greater level, and then kind of shifting it to step into even greater and more abundance, more adventure and fun. In addition to this manifesting power, you are clairaudient, clairvoyant, and clairsentient. Explain what these things are and why they are superpowers for you. <laughs> so I, I kind of technically look at it as a superpower because we all have, there are six clairs, but my strongest one are those three. And we have them. And then sometimes people say, you know, someone's making me an opportunity or offering me an opportunity. And, you know, in my stomach, I just kept saying, thinking that it just doesn't sound right. But, oh, man, they made it sound so good. And so I did it. And now, man, I wish I didn't do it. And my stomach, my gut just told me. Well, in that area of your gut, it's the portal of emotions. It's your solar plexus. And so if we're living in the space of trusting our clairs, meaning clairaudience is hearing, clairvoyant is seeing, and clairsentient is feeling. And so when I utilize these clairs, I trust so much within that when I'm connecting, I'm able to connect to the truth and then help others into what it is that's in their subconscious and move forward. So the importance of really honing in and trusting your clairs is that it's your body speaking to you. So when I'm hearing that somebody's challenged with, you know, uh, some stress from their parents, then I'm hearing that conversation or a few words in my head or I'll close my eyes or with my eyes open, I'll see flashes and then it helps me understand what's going on within their subconscious. And then feeling, and I truly feel like when I'm right on top of whatever their limiting belief is, it feels like this sense of calmness. And then I always say, I know I'm on it. I can feel this. And I let go of the end result. I trust what I am feeling in order to provide the answers that others are seeking. Tell me about your grandfather and your sister and how you developed some of your abilities. Wow. You know, that story was so profound for me. My sister was a single parent for uh, the, the younger years of her son's life. And my grandmother had passed away five years prior to my daughter, my, excuse me, my sister having her son. So my grandfather was married to my grandmother for 52 years when wow. she transitioned. I know it was lovely. And so he was lonely. He missed his partner. He, oh, she was always there almost all his life technically. And so he adopted, meaning just emotionally adopted my my sister's son. So he would spend weekends with my sister uh, in, because again, as I said, she was a single parent. And then one day he woke up and called my sister and said, you know, I have this pain in my stomach. I just feel like I'm, there's something in there. I'm going to go to the hospital. Well, as he was going to the hospital and as we knew, as my, uh, you know, the, the grandparent, the, excuse me, the grandkids 
we knew that he had health challenges. So my grandfather had a heart murmur already. I used to lay my head on his chest and say, oh my God, you love me so much. Your heart is skipping a beat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we were just, we, was, we were so close. And so we went to the hospital, but there were certain things that the hospital should have done that they didn't. And the things they did caused even a more tremendous stress on his heart that when he went to the MRI room, he laid on the table and had a massive heart attack and died instantly. Oh my. So during the next couple of years, my sister would, similar to like a connection to a spouse, you know, when a spouse, um, I don't want to say celebrates or has that moment of the, uh, you know, the death of that, that person, they feel down or depressed or lonely. And my sister was experiencing that same sense. She missed my grandfather so much that about three or four years after she, um, you know, had to experience his departure, she was becoming depressed around the time that he died. Mm. And during the, uh, about, I said the fourth, maybe fourth or fifth year, she was starting to say things that were worrying me that she didn't want to be here and she missed him so much. It just was a form of depression and she didn't see herself getting out of it. So I decided that while nobody was really doing anything about it, that I really needed to save her life, quote unquote. So I had to think out of the box because I had done a lot of things and I couldn't bring her up. So I connected with a medium and a medium speaks to the non-physical deceased loved ones or just simply dead people if, if someone didn't love someone that transition. And so at the time, I wasn't in my spiritual journey yet, but I just wanted to help my sister. So as I connected us on the phone, she only knew my name. I had met her briefly and she was saying things that there was no way that woman could have known about our family. In the end, she answered all the questions my sister truly wanted. Was my grandfather in pain during the time that he went from physical to non-physical? Is he with my grandmother? Is he happy? And then what did he see when he was leaving? She just really wanted to know those. This woman answered them, but at the very end of that conversation, she said, you know, girls, I never saw myself doing this or even part of this, meaning the mediumship work. She said, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And all of a sudden it was like, boom, the light went off, lightning bolts strike me. And I'm like, oh, wow. I felt that what she did was so profound because my, my sister had this sense of relief that she got her answers. I honestly felt that she saved my sister's life. And with that and that lightning bolt going off, I'm like, I can do that. I want to save people's lives just like her. Mm. And so then after that, I went on a quest to find out how you can learn to be a medium and how you can talk to these people. And I ended up on this big path. You can call it a circle, but I was, I was just seeking all the answers of how I could do that. And I ended up uh, going deeper into intu intuitive development versus uh, instantly going into mediumship work. Now I am a medium. However, uh, it was a part of my training, but it was sort of an after effect because intuitive development is connecting into all the energy within you and around you. And the non-physical are now 
energy because they're not in the human form anymore. And that's why when you're clearing all the limiting beliefs saying, I can't do it, that's crazy, I can't hear it, what's going to happen? When you clear it all and know you can, it happens. And it happened for me just like that. Hmm. That's interesting, though, that when she, she said that to both of you, but it sounds like your sister didn't have any, you know, big flashes like, woo, I'm, I, this is what I want to do. So it's interesting that it spoke to you that way. Well, because if you think about it, she was on the pain side and I was on the solution side, meaning I wanted to save her because I was afraid that if I didn't do anything, she would have taken her life. She was that depressed. She was only looking at her similar to like what's out in the, um, in the media right now on, on suicide and depression. And she was in that space. So I wanted to be the one, not just to pat myself on the back, but I wanted to be the one to say my sister's breathing from this day forward because I was able to think out of the box and I didn't care about how it was. I just wanted to make sure it happened. So, you know, some people say, Ooh, that's too woo woo. That's too weird. However, to me, I didn't care what it was as long as it got her up and out so she could be free of the pain she felt that was within her. So that's why I stepped into this alternative way, which was connecting to a medium, and it worked. And I saw it so profoundly because I looked at it as a matter of life or death. And when I saw how it shifted my sister so quick, and that she never, after that day, she never had any, um, any depression over that. She wasn't in any pain. She actually felt so much better that she had the answers that she was seeking. And that in itself allowed me to think, wow, if I could save people's lives. And that's the way I looked at it. Hmm. Did you ever have a corporate job or a different kind of business? Or did you always know you would do this type of thing for a living? <laughs> I love that question. So growing up and in my 20s, we, you know, we usually get a full-time job, uh, you know, 20s or older because we have college or whatever. Uh, I didn't see myself doing this. I saw myself being more into uh, executive positions. I did, uh, I was an executive assistant uh, and then I moved up over the years to be in a director of sales for the last uh, probably 16 years of my life before I transitioned over to being an intuitive life coach. And what has happened over the years was I'm very um, type A in that industry. And I was a leader in my field. And so I created, I get bored very easily. So I was, any job that I stepped into, it wasn't just a director of sales. It ended up being director of sales and marketing and branding and networking. And I mean, I, it would just go on and on and on because I just like, oh, I'm a little bored. Let's have something else. And so I ended up creating my position. And over the years, I just felt like it wasn't enough. And I'm not talking physical movement and I'm not talking about responsibility. I was, I'm talking about that inner gratification. Mm-hmm. What I did appeared so easy for me. I didn't realize that it was hard for others. As a matter of fact, when I did leave that position many, many years ago, they ended up hiring three people to replace me as one. But I realized that because I connect so truly and deeply that I don't look at things as I can't do it, I look at them as what's next. And so when I create these things and move into them and find fun and adventure in them, then I'm just 
supersizing what it is that makes it fun for me. And so as a director of sales for, it was probably 18 years, as I was wanting to move more into intuitive development, the last couple of years of that position started disintegrating. They uh, kind of started, well, not kind of, they did. They removed my travel. They took away avenues that I was uh, making additional income. And so that six figures started turning into five figures and it started turning into just one thing that was a high paying map delivery person. And I'm like, uh, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that space, I was sort of like, oh my God, I went from a six figure high paying executive to what? <laughs> and then I realized once I left, but I had to let go of what I thought I was not getting, right? Because when we let go of what we think we're not getting, then we're stepping into what we do want, letting go of the end result and trusting and everything was so perfect and magnificent. I, um, you know, I have training with uh, the spreadsheets and uh, goal planning and all of those type of profit margins and things that I still do spreadsheets to this day so I can, you know, manage my business because this is a business. And from that first stepping, leaving that old job and stepping into the real job, me, that I tripled my income. My clients come easily with ease and grace. I have so much more fun and adventure. I travel probably nine to 10 times a year and I'm shaping and shifting and helping in a profound way that's so much more gratifying inside of me. And of course, seeing the end result of what I'm doing with my clients for them too, which is just so empowering to be able to say, wow, I was part of getting them out of that struggle so they can feel so much more ease and grace in their life. As an intuitive life coach, how do you work with clients? So there is no time and space with energy. I am internationally known and the majority of my clients are all over the place. So if you're in Hong Kong or Japan or even Belize, I can connect you. Usually it's Skype or phone or Facebook, video messenger, even FaceTime. And I don't have to see you. I just, uh, I don't even have to talk to you really, but you know, in, in the case where I'm an intuitive life coach, the person wants to communicate and talk. So I just simply connect within what I already have, which is the clairvoyance, audience, and sentient. So I'll, I'll, the, an example is I could be on Skype with you and then I'll first start with, okay, don't tell me anything. I already know your first name. So within myself, in my being, in my head, I'll ask What's the strongest block? Who was it? Was it mom, dad, or God? I'm just using God as a metaphor. Uh, It's just simply a a label that I use. You can call it higher self source light. So in this case, I'll use the word God. And so I'll ask within myself those simple questions, and then I'll get a hit, meaning I'll see the energy lean toward what if it's a mom thing or a dad. And then I will ask how old. And then I'll ask, what happened? And from there, I just asked the client to give me a minute. I close my eyes and I feel I see a full-blown story. Now, the story could be two fishes swimming in the sea, or it could be dogs running side by side and jumping up. And it's, it's my interpretation of that movie. And then when I explain the interpretation, then I bring it to their present self 
And then I say, okay, well, you had a dad that worked so hard and you wanted him to be more playful with you and you didn't get it. So you're not heard. And now in your life, you struggle to be heard. You feel like you're, you have to constantly fight for what you want. And over the 11 years that I've been practicing has allowed me to be very accurate. And then the person will go, wow, how did you know all of that? Because I simply trust into, into the truth. I let go of the end result. I allow what's going to take place so that I can connect and allow that person to have the answer. That's truly, truly how it is. Is there a common issue or common thread among the people that you work with? Yeah, you know, we're so busy and there's so many things that people see that they feel stuck. I get a lot of stuck. I I can't see the clarity. I'm switching jobs and I don't know what I want. I feel like I'm stuck in this position and I hate the job. I feel like there's more to life and I'm stuck. I'm in this partnership. We've been, you know, if it's a marriage or just a simple partner that I don't know how to make it better, I'm stuck. So that's truly the number one uh, story wrapped around everyone is they feel stuck. I understand how using your intuition can help identify what the client is really dealing with, even if they don't quite get it themselves. But how does accessing their intuition help people to release the pain from the past and all of the other things that, that all of those other benefits that you can give to them? And, and how do you help them do that? Mm-hmm. So just to clarify the question, are you asking me connecting into theirs or they connecting into their own? Connecting into their own. Like okay. how do you help them to do that to, to create mm-hmm. those benefits in their lives? Awesome. Thank you. So number one is being mindful. I just did a Facebook Live. It was all wrapped around being mindful. And I gave simple exam- examples. So when you're mindful, you know, we can l- smell the roses that are in our bedroom or we can hear the laughter of the children in the background or our cell phone ringing. But let's take it a step further. When your daughter comes home and you ask her, okay, dinner's ready. She goes, no, mom, I'm not hungry. But you know she hasn't eaten all day. Or you have a client and your client presents themselves and they're like, I'm so frustrated. I can't understand why, you know, working, you know, your team seems a, a little bit a weak in this department. So instead of hearing that the client is simply frustrated with your staff, hear that the client is frustrated. So if the client is frustrated, you take it to a, a lower, a next level, what I call the deeper level within them. What are they frustrated over? Are they frustrated of not getting the end result? Are they frustrated that something is being triggered within them and they keep feeling like they're on a hamster wheel? So it truly is about being mindful, my friends, with everything that's going around you. And when you're seeing it, you know, a lot of people say, you know, oh, you know, I kind of saw that something was going on, but, you know, I didn't want to get in the middle. I didn't want to interrupt. It was none of my business. Well, there's a lot of us that want you to step up. They want you to say, you know, hey, how you doing? They want to feel love. They want to feel like someone is, is seeing them. It's just seeing them. And so when you can be in that mindful state, be mindful for yourself. So if you're really very tired at the end of the day, reflect back, what happened? Is this 
is, is this a normal pattern for you to be tired at the end of the day? Was it just this, this day that you were tired? It's not because you kind of stayed up late, but is it something else? Were you triggered at work? And a trigger means that the feeling of, of an emotion that bubbles up with an interaction. So an interaction doesn't necessarily have to be a confrontation with someone. It can be where someone looks at you and moves their arms a certain way because your mom moved them a certain way when she was angry at you. Hmm. That's the trigger that you feel with the emotion bubbling up. So it's not what people are doing to you. It's what they're doing for you so that that emotion can bubble up and you can heal within yourself. So it's a matter of saying, okay, the world is not against me. I see that I am mindful. I see that I'm feeling emotional today. I see that, you know, my spouse is disconnected and I'm going to speak up and say, what's going on? Let's talk about this. When you are doing that, you are communicating, uh, you are allowing yourself to be able to see your limiting beliefs and heal from them within it was an, and another example of when I was just saying that about the spouse and when they're disconnecting is I had a client come to me and she said, you know, I had a partner for 20 years and he ran off with my best friend and I saw it all happening. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, I could see that there was, he was spending more time with her or joking with her when she was over at the house or that, you know, he said, I'll go over and help her with her lights or whatever. She says, I just wanted to make sure, you know, it wasn't me that I was trusting him. And I said to her, but you already knew inside what, was, what you were feeling. It was only a simple matter of communicating. And now, you know, depending on how strong your relationship is, where if the truth comes up, but the fact is when you're communicating within your feelings and allowing yourself to say, this is my truth, this is what I'm feeling, and the other one, if they love you just as much, will allow you to share that feeling. Then there's where the communication is, and then you won't be in a situation where she actually allowed that to happen. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wrote a book called The Secret Power of You, A Guide to Mastering Your Inner Greatness. What inspired you to write that, and for whom did you write it? Wow. You know, that was a very powerful purpose for me. I felt that, you know, I've been doing this for over 11 years now and I talk and I connect and I've been working with, you know, thousands of clients all over the world. And, you know, I see that reflection of the end results and I'm so proud of them as much as me being a part of their transformation. But I realized that sometimes people are afraid to step into working with someone like me or that they're afraid to face their own fears or their own upbringing and the limiting beliefs, or maybe they say there's something going on. I just don't know, but that's kind of a little woo woo. So I decided that, well, if I wrote what I teach and I wrote what my clients have been through and I wrote how you can get truly out of the torment, sorrow, pain, frustration, stuckness, whatever, that if you can just see it a little bit, it's a baby step into the true lovely being that who, of who you are. So the reason behind all of that is to help you in a, in a different way that if you think that working with an intuitive is a little over the edge or maybe even the budget or maybe you're just not ready but you do want something, then I, gave, I created just one other little tidbit that can help you help yourself. Give us a little bit of a tidbit from the book. What is one thing you can share today that people can take away? 
<laughs> I love it. So there's one line in here that everyone always comes back and tells me, stop watering dead flowers. <laughs> <laughs> that was very profound for me, even in my own spiritual growth, that I was at the end of a 14-year relationship, and I still hung on, and I still hung on, and I still hung on. And I do have many women that come when they're in long-term relationships and they're living in that this or that, you know, I can't have this in order to have that, meaning I have to have more money or my spouse was, was, is the care, you know, the breadwinner or I can't live because, or I can't leave because my kids are still in high school. You know, it's, there's always something that they can't do because of the end result. So the, this or that. And so we have to let go of the fear of the end result. That if we're already living in the space of being stuck, and then it can even get lower depression, frustration, you know, anxiety, and all of that. That in itself, of when you're living in that space of this or that, is keeping you in those lower emotions. When you let go of the fear of what you think is going to happen and allow yourself to move into the happy space of. Ha making it happen, then you find there's more fun, adventure, abundance, and all of that, that you're not going to be homeless, that you're not going to be alone the rest of your life. But if you keep thinking that, oh, I'm, I'm, I have too much weight on me, so I can't go out, or I'm so tired, or I'm not tall enough to be a part of this, or whatever it is that you're using an excuse to keep you from your happiness, that's truly what's keeping you there. And communicating is such a key factor. Trusting and knowing your inner knowing, that inner being. You know, I tell people, that inner knowing is like when you get into that warm bathtub. Kate, you know, when you get into the tub and the water's so warm, you feel it all the way to your bones, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're feeling that feeling, that's your inner knowing. You feel it all the way to the bones. I know you could tell me there are a couple of things if you even open your mind and say, gosh, you know, there were these moments that I just knew. I didn't see it, but I just knew. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's your inner knowing. So when you're in that inner knowing and you're feeling like, I just know that this is going to be okay, get out of the fear, get into the just know, and everything truly is okay. Yes, and learn how to discern between the things that you know in your bones and that you think because it's a limiting belief. That's right. Get out of your head and get into your body. The body is what's telling you the truth. There are seven major chakras of the body. They're called portals um, of energy. I call the solar plexus the portal of emotions. The solar plexus sits right there in front of your stomach. And that's one when I gave you the story about in my gut, I just fell into my gut. That's mm -hmm. the portal of emotions. When you're connecting to the body and some of the energy portals, they will speak your truth for you. The head is just a technique that we use to try to analyze things and come to the conclusion of what we think we need and how we need it. But if you allow yourself to get out of the head and move into what your gut, your body is telling you, you will receive what you want, maybe in a different way, but in a way that's so surprising or fun or adventurous. Don't we all want to have that versus just getting it in that cookie cutter way that you think you need to get it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What is one book or resource besides your own that changed your life that you would recommend to people? You know, I love that question 
because it's funny that I can remember the very first book, and I still have it in my library, that helped me understand how you can utilize thoughts and feelings and creating. So the master manifester starts with a thought, and then they feel it, and then they step into guided action to make it happen. The very first book that I started so that I could understand is Creative Visualization by Shakti uh, Gawain. I just say Shakti, but it's G-A-W-A-I-N. And so Creative Visualization, it's the using the power of your imagination to create what you want in your life. And when you are allowing... Uh, you know, when you can go in meditation, you clear your mind of what you're thinking about, how you're, what you're going to make for dinner, what you're going to wear, what tomorrow brings, what about work, what about my friends. If you clear all that and connect and then allow yourself to visualize, what do you want in your life? You want more ease, grace, comfort, fun, love, whatever else, those fun things that get you to this happy go, go space, you know, the happy go lucky person, right? And so when you're utilizing the mind to create what it is that you want, you can actually create it. I have a really quick, very quick story, but it's so profound that I'll never, ever forget. So I had this relationship in this guy, and I knew something was going down. I could feel it, but I couldn't really put a pinpoint to it. So the night before, I, sl I was sleeping, and I said to myself, how can I find what's going on in the way I want to see it, no matter what? I needed to see something specifically to get the truth. So here I was laying in bed, finding out how I could get the truth. And I replay the story over and over and over in my head, but I replayed how I wanted to find the answer. So I saw myself walking down this hall and I saw myself opening. I saw myself standing in this other room. I saw myself opening the door and I saw myself seeing what was happening. I replayed exactly minute by minute and what could happen, what wasn't going to happen, what hallway, what elevator. Then the day came, and I stepped into it, shaking, and I was ready. I literally did, moment by moment, exactly what I saw in my head, and the end result was exactly what I expected to see, but which was the truth which I wanted, nothing but the truth. But it was literally minute by minute, exactly how it all turned out. So creative visualization does truly work. Now, if you're going to think I want a million dollars in the bank and you're seeing a pile of money and you continue to see the pile of money, that's a lot of energy. But if you're looking and seeking the truth and the truth is what's going to set you free, then know that no matter what that truth is and you want it, it does set you free. And it did. I was relieved. I got the answer. Didn't like what I saw, but I got my answer and I moved forward. So you can create what it is in the answers that you seek by allowing yourself to utilize creative visualization. It was a powerful book. Hmm. Terry, how do you personally define success for yourself? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, I live in the space of trusting. I live in truth. I live in love. I trust the answers that are outside of my being, meaning I, can, I connect to source. I utilize my superpowers. And by enabling myself to utilize all of this allows me to catapult into 
uh, more fun and adventure. As I was explaining to you my history and my background, yes, I do travel nine to 10 times a year. Some of them even might be a weekend, but I, in, in a six week span, I went to New Zealand for two weeks, Nepal for a week and Miami and Fisher Island for another week for a client. So it was a combination of fun. It was a combination of a client. I was healing the mother, but I found, find myself um, creating endless opportunities, trusting that the universe supports me, trusting that when I'm doing, I walk the walk, I talk the talk. So if I give people mantras, I'm saying the same mantras. If I'm utilizing my mind and flipping from the negative to the positive, I'm doing the same thing that I'm teaching. So as I'm living and teaching, I'm doing the same thing, which allows me to know if I'm the you know, the pudding, the proof in the pudding that anybody else can do this too. So that's truly what it is that catapults me into this continuous, endless flow of love, abundance, fun, because that's truly how I live. And just to reiterate, I know you just said it, but just so people are clear, this is not something that's unique to you. You, you, have learned how to master it, but you can teach other people how to master it too. And this is available really to anybody. Absolutely available to any single person, meaning that we just have to tweak what we already have. You know, I was talking about the gut again, going back to gut. If you feel it, you tweak it. And then there's a difference between is it your feeling or someone else's feeling? Because you could walk in the room and feel, oh, God, what happened in here? Woo, feels kind of heavy. I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden you think it's yours because no one else is in the room but the reality is it's not yours. You just don't know that you just walked into a room that there was an argument and the energy is still present in the room. So when you allow yourself to, to tweak, to get a little training, to make sure that when you're, you know, uh, supersizing into manifesting, how do you do it? When you're meditating, that you're not, or even setting your intent. That's a, a tool that you use to create what you would like throughout the day or even at an event. How to tweak the power of intent, meaning don't focus on one thing because then you, and, and if you do too much focus on it, then you become, uh, that, that element of what your focus becomes lack. So it's like a stranglehold and you're focusing on something. I really want it, really, really, really want it. I need more money, I really want it. And then you're seeing that what you are focusing on is the lack of what you don't have. So you have to be able to live in that space of trusting, of knowing, of flowing with it. And that, that truly is just tweaking, getting proper training, you know, just being able to say, all right, I, I just cleared my limiting belief wrapped around my mom who said I wasn't good enough because the job I have, I can't get past being just an administrative assistant because I don't feel like I'm good enough to even know I'm producing all the reports that my boss is wanting me to do, you see? And so she can't step past that. So once you clear the limiting belief of what your mom did, get a little tweaking about what you already have, voila, <laughs> it's magic. It's magic. If people want to learn more about you, watch your video blog, uh, work with you or even book you to speak at their event, how can they do that? Oh, thank you so much. So first, with any information that you need, you can find me on Terry, that's T E. R-R-I-E, Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com. I'll repeat that, Terry, Christine.com. I'm also found on Instagram. I, I love that one, little pictures and have really fun social media there. 
I'm on Facebook, where I also do a Facebook Live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. I do gift quite a bit of information out to the world. So I do a group energy clearing on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And um, I also can be found, wow, so many different ways. Uh, podcasts just like this one. I do telesummits, uh, TV. I'm pretty much out there. And then, of course, my book, The Secret Power of You, is on Amazon. But lots of information is on my website. And you can click to talk to me directly uh, and so that I can help you on a deeper, profound level. What's next for Terry Christine? <laughs> What is next? So what is next is actually, I yesterday, I just launched a group intuitive development course. Uh, but then now after that, my book is on Amazon for pre-orders. It will be available for delivery on September 11th. And then now it's turning that book into being bestseller. Because I have sold so many before even getting it out on Amazon. I've sold over 600 of them. <laughs> it's just been a very profound tool to help people see what's going on in their life that now I'm turning uh, and using it into avenues to open up doors for speaking engagement so that I can help people see beyond what they think their reality is. And then also uh, supersizing into uh, any opportunities that can help uh, for more exposure. So it's all out there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Terry Christine, intuitive life coach and author of The Secret Power of You, A Guide to Mastering Your Inner Greatness. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Kate, I'm very honored and grateful to be here with you and to the listeners. Uh, and I, I truly enjoyed being on your show. And thank you for having this and the opportunity to, so that people can hear different ways that they can heal from their past. Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Do you think you have the capacity to tap into those types of abilities? It sounds somewhat woo-woo, but I absolutely know in my own life. I've seen how if I pay attention, my intuition, or as it's often referred to, my gut feeling, does not steer me wrong. I also agree wholeheartedly that if something seems to be falling apart, it's because something new and better is on its way. Don't try so hard to hang on to it. As Terry said, don't water dead flowers. Nurture the seeds of what might be on its way and welcome new growth into your life. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on iTunes or whatever platform you listen. Subscribe to be notified of new episodes and please tell your friends. What's your story? If you'd like to share it on this podcast to inspire others, please click on the link on the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. This week's quote comes from Shakespeare's As You Like It. 
as included in the book Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth that was recommended recently as a life-changing book by my podcast guest, Danielle Green. Sweet are the uses of adversity, which, like the toad, ugly and venomous, wears yet a precious jewel in its head. And this our life, exempt from public haunt, finds tongues in trees, books in the running brooks, sermons in stones, and good in everything. I hope you'll join me next week for another inspiring guest interview. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com.